Hello, I'm Alice. Uh, welcome back to The Exhibitionist. This is the first in a series of what I'm calling art shots. It's going to be a super quick review of an exhibition that I've just seen, giving my immediate reactions and responses. So I've just been to see All Too Human at Tate Britain. It's running until the 27th of August, so you've got until the end of the month to catch it if you want to. And it's uh, Bacon, Freud, and a Century of Life painting. And as a caveat right from the start, I am a fan of neither Francis Bacon nor Lucian Freud. So I did not go into this exhibition with very high expectations at all. And it pretty much met my expectations. Um, If you are a fan of either of these artists, obviously you will get a lot more out of this exhibition than I will. But I'm just going to whiz through some of the things that I did like about it. Um, The second room has... Uh, a lot of Francis Bacon paintings, all of the classic kind of big, blurry, screaming misery canvases. And then right in the middle of the room is an incredibly beautiful little Giacometti sculpture. And Giacometti is one of my favorite artists. So as soon as I realized that there was going to be a room that featured some of his work, I was a lot more excited about the exhibition. But this just felt really, really weird. You've got the big, heavy, clunky, dark Bacon sculptures. And then this very tender, thin, delicate, one of the um, Women of Venice sculptures by Giacometti, and it just doesn't fit at all. I don't really understand the choice to um, compare these two artists, but according to the gallery, it's all about expressing the same sense of loss felt at the devastation of the end of the war, and I'm just not buying it, unfortunately. Moving on from that... um, possibly the only unfortunately in a painting uh, exhibition focusing on images from life and depicting the human body the best Lucian Freud painting that I saw in this show is a still life of a squid and a sea urchin and it's in the fourth room which is mainly paintings by uh, William Coldstream and other students from the Slade School of Art I just didn't really feel a huge amount from this exhibition it focuses overwhelmingly on artists that were inspired by or contemporaries of Freud and Bacon and so it tends to be grouped by art school so we've got the Slade School of Art the Borough Polytechnic and a group of um, students from Central St Martins and the Royal College of Art which I can understand the choice of arranging people by school but in this case it really emphasized the extent to which these are all quite young artists being influenced by the sort of older big names and not necessarily plowing their own furrows at this point. A lot of it is early work by these figures and consequently it's not always that great. Um, William Coldstream, if you're into quite delicately observed life painting, you'll like him. It's not my bag and so I found the, um, the Freud squid really lovely because it took all of the incredibly fine detail of his early paintings, but instead of being a slightly creepy painting of a naked woman strangling a kitten or something like that, uh, it focuses entirely on a squid. And there's something very fine and sweet about this painting. It's extremely small, and you get the impression that this was just something that he sketched for something to do, which was actually quite lovely. So... There's a lot of Frank Auerbach, lots of that kind of really heavy textured painting. And if that's your thing, then you'll love it. Um, Again, there was another Freud painting that I quite enjoyed. It was in the room focusing on his studio works. So most of the paintings are the the large scale nudes that he's best known for, where you can see 
the space of his studio in the background and it's almost a character in the paintings. But there was quite a beautiful, again, very finely modeled, quite delicate painting called Two Plants, which was, again, more of a still life than a portrait. So it's interesting to me that the things that stood out most of Freud's work were the things that weren't portraits. I think there's just something about the way that he paints flesh that really puts me off. And it's exactly the thing that a lot of people really like about him, which is that it's heavy and it's real and it's quite kind of meaty but to me personally I just it makes me a little bit nauseous and I think it's so often accompanied by this very harsh voyeuristic way of looking at bodies where he is just sometimes it can feel like he is just tearing someone apart on the canvas and that's not to say that every portrait has to be delicate and flattering but there is an element of brutality in his work that I actually find really unsettling. So to see him painting firstly a squid and then some plants reminded me that he was actually an incredibly talented artist and there's so much skill in these paintings and I was finally able to appreciate it because I wasn't being weighed down with this kind of discomfort over the way that he represents bodies. Moving on from that, there are some quite beautiful uh, photographs by John Dakin, um, including a really, really gorgeous double exposure photo of uh, Muriel Belcher, who was the founder of the Colony Room Club, which was an artist club in Soho, where many of the artists in this exhibition would meet and spend time together. And that, I thought, was one of the most interesting representations of a human body in this exhibition. There's something about this quite slight double exposure that takes a fairly standard photographic portrait and makes it a little more visually interesting. Dickens a great photographer and his images of the 60s and 70s are really, really beautiful. Um, Francis Bacon frequently used his work as a starting point for paintings, which is why he's been included in this exhibition. And it does make sense to see uh, Dakin alongside Francis Bacon in that way. Although the choices of images for this room doesn't line up very clearly. So uh, the very end of the exhibition was actually where I think some of the best work was. Um, I find it deeply frustrating that the Tate would organize an exhibition focusing on two male artists and then stick one room on the end, which has a female artist in it, Paula Rago, but in the wall panels still refer to the fact that women's lives and stories have often been overlooked in art as a historically male-dominated activity. And it's frustrating to me that the gallery seems to be perpetuating this. They've tagged Rago on right at the end. She's not really integrated into the space and into the exhibition's narrative with the other artists. She gets a space entirely to herself. Having said that, Rego's work is some of the best stuff in this show. Um, it's her classic large-scale pastel images, which have a really incredible texture and colour. Uh, so three paintings from a series um, that are called uh, The Betrothal, Lessons and The Shipwreck, which are after Hogarth's Marriage à la Mode series, are very beautiful, very intense, large-scale pastel works. And there's beautiful colour and beautiful texture to them. There's also a quite large uh, ink and wash 
work called Island of the Lights from Pinocchio, which has these kind of strange figures that are sort of half human, half animal blurring into each other and bodies with the heads of donkeys riding on donkeys with sort of human faces. And I found that work really got to the theme of the exhibition pretty much more than anything else in this show did. It was about engaging with the boundaries of humanity and when those spaces can be blurred and how they can be creative and flexible. There were seven paintings by Paula Rego total in this room. Um, and I think she's really overdue for a retrospective of her own. She deserves so much more recognition than this exhibition gives her. She deserves much more space and much more time. The final room of the exhibition is called Identity, Self and Representation. And again, this is where we see female artists. So they're very much tacked on the end as the youngest and the followers of these great men that the show's all about. And this includes work by Celia Paul, Cecily Brown, Jenny Savile, and Lynette Yadomboaki. Um, and Jenny Savile's work is amazing. There is one large painting by her, which is a very close-up depiction of a girl's face. And she does incredible work with texture. It's fluid, and it's human, and it's tactile, and it's sort of like the fleshiness of Freud, but somehow I don't find it as distressing. I wonder if it's because she tends to use these broader strokes and so the colour is arranged in kind of a blockier way rather than being sort of splotchy, which is, which is how I would describe Freud's work. Um, Jenny Savile's a great artist. It's a shame that she gets one painting in this exhibition because, honestly, if this was a show about representing the body rather than a celebration of Freud and Bacon plus a couple of others she would deserve a lot more space than this. And I really question why Tate have chosen to make this a show about Freud and Bacon. There are so many works and so many artists that have been left out because of that focus. I understand that obviously they want to put the big names on the exhibition and that will draw people in, but it kind of comes at the expense of the actual content of the show. So the paintings by Lynette Yead on Boaki are really, really gorgeous. And in many cases, they're not actually painted from life, which I thought was really interesting. I'm not super familiar with her work, but it is absolutely stunning. Um, so the figures that she works with are mainly drawn from her imagination or little observed glimpses of life. And then she'll sort of scrapbook them together to make these images. So the two works that she had in this exhibition are called Coterie of Questions and The Host Over a Barrel. And Coterie of Questions is really, really stunning. It's a painting of a young black man sitting in this quite murky green textured background. He's kind of floating in space and he seems to be lost in thought. It's a very sensitive and quiet image, which I like. I think there's something about the subdued colours, but then the very pale pink of his shirt that stands in a nice opposition to the kind of grey meatiness of a lot of the sort of Freud and Bacon works in this exhibition. I thought that painting was absolutely stunning and it's the work that I spent the most time with in this exhibition and it's right by the exit. So if you want to go to this show, it's pretty expensive because it's a Tate exhibition um, and by far the things that I found most interesting were in the final two rooms, which is a shame. I'm not able to really recommend this exhibition at all. What I can recommend 
is that you come to Tate Britain and see the current Anthea Hamilton installation, which is taking place here at the moment. It's running until October and it's called The Squash and it features performers imagining what it would be like to live life as a vegetable. So the main hall of Tate Britain has been covered in these kind of white swimming pool tiles and some of the sculptures from the collection have been moved into this space. So bronzes, marbles, terracottas standing at opposition with these very clean, sharp white lines. And the performers move around this space every day with these sort of incredibly decadent, almost 18th century style costumes that have got these big flowing sleeves and trailing parts to them and headpieces that look like pumpkins. And they move around the space imagining life as a squash. They sometimes interact with viewers, sometimes they just kind of sit or sort of recline with the sculptures it is extremely beautiful and it's one of the most moving art experiences I've had in a very long time there's something extremely emotional and compelling about watching these performers just move through the space at their own paces and move in these incredibly fluid and organic ways that stands so nicely in opposition to the whole of the space it's really, really beautiful, and I absolutely love it. Um, the White Pube wrote a fantastic review of this exhibition as well. So if you're at all unsold on my description of it, I would highly recommend that you read that. Um, and it's part of the free displays. So you can come and look at the permanent collection if you want, or you can just come and spend some time with the squash. And I think in, in total, I've probably spent hours just with this performance. It's been running for a couple of months, and it'll be going until October. Okay. So that's about 15 minutes of talking, I guess. Um, that was longer than I expected it to be. But this is one of the super short reviews that I'll be doing over the summer, just of exhibitions in London, giving my immediate feedback and thoughts as I come out of them. It's not very intellectual. It's very emotional and very personal. I don't like Freud. I don't like Bacon. So this exhibition was a total letdown for me. Paula Rego deserves better. And the irony of describing the fact that women artists have often been left out of these exhibitions and then sticking all of them right at the very end of the exhibition is frankly stunning. Um, so not really a fan of that one, Tate. All Too Human is running until the 27th of August. It is a Tate exhibition and I don't have the prices on me right now, but it's not a cheap show. So unless you like the artists that are included here and unless you're willing to really spend a lot of time looking at men painting naked bodies like they're pieces of meat this is probably one to skip come see Anthea Hamilton's The Squash though because that's free and runs every day okay that's it um, you can contact me in all the usual places uh, my Facebook page is The Exhibitionist. My website is theexhibitionist.org. And I'm on Twitter as AA Proctor. And that's Proctor with an E, not an O. Get in touch. Let me know what you think. And yeah, thanks. See ya.